Devin Ferrachi. <laughs> that guy rules. What a pimp. That's uh, awesome. yeah, coming back as a born again Buddhist after sex, agra- uh, what, what can sex you, accusations. What can you even do if you're an L.A. guy? So good. Yeah, that's your only option. Christianity's off the table. And then he's like, hey, I'm going to write review movies from a Buddhist perspective. Let's see what this enlightenment has to offer. Uh, everyone should stop complaining about Marvel movies. They're actually amazing. Yeah, it turns Is that what the Buddha has to say, you fucking twat? I love when people have a complete religious and spiritual transformation and believe the exact same thing. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's, it's amazing. Genuine. It's like I, I went to the top of the mountain. I, I became a bodhisattva. I, 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 I was able to touch the imminence of Nirvana, and it told me that Marvel movies are amazing. Well, it's like the Silicon Valley guys who are like, I took DMT out a three-day trip. Aliens and my past ancestors and a higher consciousness talked to me. Anyway, going back to work on Monday... Yep. Uh gonna export a few more thousand jobs to slaves in Bangladesh. Alright, alright boys. Let's do it. Right. Guys, teacher is out. Will Menneker, the teacher, is out. Uh he was caught in the closet making babies with Edna Kravopel. Yeah. No, Will is taking a break and today it's me, Felix Peterman, with Virgil Texas and Matt Christman. Hell yes. Hello. School's out. No more teachers, no more books. Except school is not out. Consider us the dumbest kids in school who (laughs) the moment that the teacher walked out just stood there because they knew not what they did not know what else to do. Yeah, we're sitting in the classroom marinating with our log brains, the rocks in our heads getting hotter and hotter. Yep. Because our teachers are on strike. That's the real news that's happening in the world. Will is on strike. We've got teacher strikes spreading like wildfire across America, Arizona, Colorado, all over the place. We will not be talking about any of that today, maybe in a future show. This is the dumb kids in the back of the class having fun. Uh, Matt, listen to this. The teachings of the Buddha were not written down his lifetime. In fact, they weren't written down for centuries after his death. It wasn't that the people didn't have writing, but his monks at the time were likely literate, but rather that there was a belief in the oral transmission of the teachings. Monks would get together and memorize and chant the suttas, keeping the teachings alive for 200 years. That was when they were finally written down. That is uh, an excerpt from an article titled, Is Netflix Releasing Too Many Movies? <laughs> I'm, going to kill, I'm going to kill myself. I can't. I can't. I cannot hear this shit. I cannot read this shit. I cannot think about this shit. This world What's is wrong perfect. with religion? I'm, okay, oh, I'm going to hit you because Will isn't here to do this segue. I'm going to hit us with the hard transition. Check this out. Oral transmission. Are we talking about ancient religious practices or Stormy Daniel? That's right, everybody. Because this is a stupid show, we are talking about probably the dumbest scandal that's ever happened for a president. Oh, absolutely. It's no question a, about uh, that. No question it's the dumbest scandal to ever happen to a president. Move Without aside, question. Teapot Dome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, teapot, teapot Dome. I didn't know that Donald Trump took Stormy Daniels to the Russian Putin. <laughs> Sayonara, credit Moblier. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, well, this boy. is this is a very Godfather Three presidency. Oh my! It's yeah. Well, it's like if Fredo somehow reproduced. <laughs> yeah, it's like the kids that he had with all of those cocktail waitresses. He was banging two at a time. They became the heads of the family. Now, Matt, you're the you're the Stormy Daniels expert here. Can yeah. you can you go over? The well, show? I mean, not of her. Let's just. I'm not an expert on her. I'd never heard of her before these stories started breaking. I was like, who is this? actress i've never heard of in any other capacity i don't need to make that clear payoffs from the show account uh from our patreon were just for legitimate podcasting expenses yeah, yeah we reimbursed them yeah, it's it, not at all because i kept sending stormy daniels emails that were like you're beautiful without makeup you don't know how beautiful you are you're so beautiful and you don't want to stop doing that guys don't like it stormy guys don't like it stop it <laughs> it's not the reason yeah. Well, I ignored every infographic that Vox put together about this. Can you can you run down the timeline? Well, of events? I uh, I remember when this broke uh, a few months ago. We said on the show that it was going to be because of hyper normalization that it, we would not remember it in a week. And I honestly do believe that if the story had been 
uh, Trump had sex with a porn star 10 years ago, and now we had confirmed it somehow with some evidence that was difficult to, to argue with. Uh, I think it would have well, died well, out. That, well, that's, that's the rule, right? It's never, it's never the thing itself. It's always the cover-up. This is certainly But I think it's charitable to call this a cover-up, this, this well, flailing of the arms. It, it really, I mean, the baffling incompetence of everyone involved in this is just so breathtaking. It really is. It's like, it's, you've heard of the plumbers, right? Yeah. These are the lead plumbers. These are guys with lead poisoning trying yeah. to plug leaks. It's, it's astounding. So... What happened was is that shortly before the election, Stormy Daniels had been contacted by a number of uh, journalists, including the guy from Slate, whose name I can't remember. Uh, well, yes, Jacob Wiseman, about stories that she had had an affair with Donald Trump 10 years previously. And Michael Cohen, his, his redoubtable major domo, facilitated her signing an MDA, a non-disclosure agreement, and also the paying of $130,000 that he claims he got through an equity loan from, on his property. He, he, he filed a false loan application. What? I can't believe he would do that. <laughs> so that broke uh, a, like a year, over a year later, which is astounding that it, that it held that long. That anything any of these people do has any shelf life as a secret for more than a minute blows my mind. And... Uh, that started an investigation. It, it's sort of the way Whitewater sort of was just a giant catch-all yeah. term for everything that was involved with yeah. the Clinton and, White House. This yeah. is sort of in the same net as like the whole Mueller thing. Well, well, well Daniels and her and her lawyer uh, Avenetti, I think his name yeah. is. Yeah, uh, they went public and they did the media rounds and then they sued to get out of the NDA. Yeah, because what, I think what was it like? Trump forgot to countersign it. He didn't something? sign it. And it's very <laughs> funny because it it was it was. The MDA uses pseudonyms. His name is David Dennison on it. Uh, and he never signed it. And that was their argument, which is, well, he never signed it, though it's, it's not enforceable. And they're in court with that right now. Uh, and all this stuff is leaking out out of yeah, the trial. Uh, I honestly never got that, because why wouldn't they just... Because if their claim of the White House was that they never had an affair, which is still somehow the official line that they never actually had any affair, why wouldn't she just go forward and basically dare them to sue her on the, under the terms of the NDA, which is would essentially affirm that she was telling the truth. Oh, because the, I don't know, I mean, because that the president might, you know, sue her. That's it's certainly par for the course with him. I guess, just seems like they he would have plenty of people on hand to say, dude, just let it go. Well, it'll well, be, it'll know, be this, a story this, for a weekend. But Do you this, think Donald but, Trump has kept anyone al- around who has advised him to let anything go? Uh, that's a but good she point. wants the story to go on, and this is probably the best way for her to do that's it. That's a good point. And then yeah. in addition, uh, if I recall correctly, Mueller uh, in the, the, the special prosecutor's office, they raided Cohen's office yes. and seeking information about that payment as either one a fraudulent bank application or an illegal campaign contribution along those lines. Yes, because that's the thing is that in order to keep Trump from the payment, which would have essentially admitted that he paid her for silence, they had to claim that Cohen paid her on his own with his own money, which would have been a illegal campaign contribution. So they were in a weird situation where there was no way that they could at the same time claim that the NDA that, that that there was not a real relationship between Stormy Daniels and Trump and that the money given to her was legal. And then yesterday that problem was resolved when Rudy Giuliani was dragged out of the nursing home for senescent war criminals that he shares with Kissinger and the rest of these fucking ghouls. And they put an earpiece in his ear and in front of Sean Hannity Parenthetically, one of Michael Cohen's only two other clients besides Donald Trump said, oh, yeah, he, we funneled the money through, uh, through Cohen, and then he reimbursed him, which was the exact opposite of everything they'd said until this point. Yeah, and because, you know, and also the, the amount in question is something like 0.05% of Trump's supposed net worth. And because these people are scumbag cheapskates, they had to have a public fight over whether or not Cohen got reimbursed by Trump. Well, I can see a world where like everything gets out, but Trump gets the NDA money back and he's like, another deal won. (laughs) I did it. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, Felix has made this point is that the reason 
that he is, his lawyer is such an incompetent goofball is that he doesn't pay anyone. So even though he hypothetically could have the best representation, all of his hangers on are just these barnacle like doofuses who survive on his scraps because he never actually gives them money and real professional like high class lawyers and stuff wouldn't put up with that. Yeah, no, you cannot you cannot pay like a Sullivan and Cromwell attorney in stuff like Dave and Buster's cards, in IOUs, in like uh in exposure, yeah, college <laughs> credits. How about a bathrobe from Trump International? Would you like that? <laughs> How Do about- not wash it. <laughs> Here we go. You get fifteen free course credits at Trump University. <laughs> Any class you want, electives? Trump just slides, Trump slides one of those Trump martini and a wine glasses from the from oh the, god over the table the punch bowl thing of, and, of with a with a fucking golf ball yeah, size and there's a fifty dollar bill on the stem <laughs> he's like for your troubles <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you I I, I my my fur like build you for five hundred thousand dollars well, I'll validate your parking. <laughs> I know. Look, I know it's very expensive around this part of town. I also have a parking guy who I don't pay. <laughs> He's hit and run 75 people and done NDAs with them. It's actually cost me more to do NDAs with the 75 people he's paralyzed than to just actually pay a guy to valet my car. Uh, but it's another deal. I got. I can't. I. I breathe to pay. I live and breathe to make deals, folks. <laughs> Paying somebody money for a service—that's not a deal. That re- that really is it. Like he could have such a. Think about all the rich people who get away with just monstrous stuff. Think yeah, about like including how, former presidents. Yeah, former presidents. Think about all the Hollywood guys. Think about how long Harvey Weinstein got away with everything. Yeah. Think about Brian Singer. Think about Guess all the I, hedge fund guys who yeah. do awful things and they just pay the most high priced Sullivan and Cromwell attorneys. And Trump is like, have you ever thought about maybe not paying them and getting a guy who sucks? A guy who and this is the other my other favorite thing about Michael Cohen. A guy who has actually made his money. By doing slip and falls. Yeah. He's Lionel fucking Hutz and is the attorney for the president. It's amazing. Of course, being a highly skilled attorney, my fee is $175 an hour. We pay $8 for the night and you can take two popsicles out of the freezer. Three. Two. Okay, two. And I get to keep this old birdcage. Done. Still got it. Yeah. Michael Cohn, who, when he went into the Manhattan, into Manhattan court, was like, uh, Your Majesty, uh, I request, uh, I cast um, conflict of interest. You have conflict of interest, Your Majesty. I request Judge Joe Brown for this trial. <laughs> Michael Cohen has never not appeared in court in a phony neck brace. <laughs> so Michael, Co- That's the Michael Cohen special. He like wins some settlement with the library that whatever scumbag client pretended to slip on, and then he falls on the court steps. <laughs> And he's like, oh, lawsuit. And they're like, they give him $50 to go away. And he's like, damn, can't fuck with the best. Yeah, that's right. They call that the double dip. Yeah. He's like, guess who's going to Capitol Grill today? (laughs) Only getting the appetizers because Donald Trump still hasn't paid me. They're half off if you eat in the bar area. So has Cohen ever actually gotten paid by the president? Or does he still like live in his office in a strip mall? It seems like he just... He does seem to be like a real Saul Goodman hustler. Like he he keeps every, he keeps himself above water with by 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 with slip and fall stuff and phony insurance claims, and then like whatever he can grab out of being sort of the brain damaged Ray Donovan for these uh, uh, NDA things. Because so far we know two of the three of his real clients that he put that he. Uh, that he finally revealed to the federal court uh, during the, the Daniels lawsuit were uh, Trump, this, I can't remember his name, California GOP bigwig who uh, paid a million dollars for his uh, for his mistress to get an the abortion. The RNC member. Uh, RNC member. And then Hannity for God knows what. For buy, He bought a bunch of houses on the cheap with assistance from HUD, which was the scam in The Sopranos that yeah. they did with the doctor. Perfect. <laughs> It, it, he has an impressive legal catalog. Yeah. And uh, he's a pimp. He's an absolute pimp. He's a pimp. And and he did, though, he did secure a victory in the Stormy Daniels case when the case was postponed because the judge said that Cohen's likely impending federal indictment <laughs> 
needed to be settled before they could move forward with that case. So score one for the White House on that one. <laughs> Michael Cohn is like, see, if you commit one crime really close to the other crime, it ties them up. See, or they can never get you. You know, like how in the movies sometimes where the one little plane flies under the big plane and the radar doesn't detect them both. That's how I am with the crimes. You can't you can't detect both crimes at once. You can only detect one. Well, you know, Trump's always been a grifter. I remember a story came out about him uh, basically just falsifying some loan applications in the 80s uh, on the way to you know building his wealth. And, you know, isn't that the classic grift where if you convince people you're rich, they will do things for you gratis in the expectation that they'll get something out of it later on. Like yeah. that was it was that um was that Mark Twain story, the million dollar banknote? Yeah. No, where? that that's that's Trump's entire career because he's nothing he, every one of his projects was was a huge boondoggle and he was just kept alive with these massive infusions of cheap credit and a tax rebase from the city. Yeah. So it's all relationships with financiers and with government officials that expect some sort of uh, recompense. Right. And and if you run this grift long enough, you know, eventually the people in your orbit realize they're being suckered and they, you know, they tell you, you know, pay me or, you know, fuck off. But not Michael Cohen. Trump, you know, people called Emmanuel Macron the startup president. It's really Trump. Trump is a startup president because he's never really generated a profit, but has amassed incredible wealth just by giving the appearance of profit and wealth Damn. and infusions of cheap money. Shit. You're right. He's the Uber of fucking presidents exactly. and a rich guy. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck. It is amazing just how all of this is. It's It just really gives a lot. I mean, obviously, everyone who's listening to this knows this, but it is just such a bold-faced example of the underlying fraudulence of the notion that wealth is any kind of creative force because Trump has just been a black hole his entire life. He hasn't created anything, but he's just been this, this vac, this black hole that just gets all these other people wrapped in its orbit that can't escape it and just sucks all the money into it. And he just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Or I guess I should call him an orange hole. Because he's orange, he's not. He's not conventionally colored as a human. Uh, there was a story that came out this week. I think it was in Vanity Fair, maybe, and it was about this Instagram socialite grifter, basically. And her operations were pretty much the same as Trump, uh, except at a lower stakes, where he would, uh, she would trade up these uh, fraudulent loans by claiming that her parents are extremely wealthy, and just sort of blow through that money. I think she raised like a hundred thousand in order to cover the application fee for like a 50 million dollar loan and then just lived off that and you know spent extravagantly and once that money ran out just demanded favors from everyone and but that's just the president well yeah that's 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 the only model that's like we are in no yeah that is just the president and in a way you know as a society that valorizes wealth so much that's the real stealing valor is stealing actual rich people valor but i mean people sometimes wonder what the phrase late capitalism means and they say, what's that? What's the difference between late capitalism? And, and the answer and, is anything you don't regular. like is late capitalism. Right, exactly. It's, it's a cool way to sound like you know slightly more than somebody else who has a, a smaller leftist vocabulary. Say neoliberal, too. That's exactly. what I call things but I don't like. These things do have real meanings. And in my mind, what late capitalism is, it's the, it's the cannibal state. It's the state when capitalism can no longer even maintain the illusion of, that, of any kind of growth on its own terms. And it's just eating itself. It's just chewing into its own muscles. And that's when you see the, like, uh, you know, the last 30 years of the fall of the rate of return being compensated for by the vast destruction of labor power. And then even with an, and then Trump, just these institutions and individuals just bilking each other, you know, and it's just a closed system of, of just a bunch of it's just basically a locked room full of cannibals eating each other so that's late capitalism we're all just a bunch of dancing skeletons in a 1930s cartoon (laughs) (laughs) you know at the end of the day how is this going to end uh with trump uh resigning Mm. uh in disgrace halfway through his fourth term that's my prediction uh his head will be uh gracefully placed onto a robotic uh exoskeleton he will have his his little flanges do the two-fingered uh peace salute of nixon and he'll 
ascend to uh, the Western White House on the moon. All right. So in yeah, 2035, when Trump's reign of terror finally ends, uh, he admits that he put his thumb in Story Daniels' belly button. <laughs> And that's what finally takes it down. The biggest selling video game is uh, Six Nines Treyway Adventures, uh, VR game. Yep. The uh, Senate Majority Leader, also Six Nine, announces it as a positive step. Oh God, that's going to be the case, isn't it? Yeah, they're all going to be in the damn government. Ninja now uh, ambassador to China. Of course, yeah. not you'd think Japan, but that's racist. No, yeah. Speaker of the House you Logan just Paul. Show, you just showed yourself. You just pulled your. You just pulled up your own receipts, fam. <laughs> by thinking that Ninja would be ambassador to Japan, Faux. have a seat, several seats, have so, sev- have all Faux out of, of here, Faux out of here, have <laughs> all of the seats. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but yeah, the no. Dulles brothers replaced with the Paul brothers. Yes, at yeah, state yeah, yeah, and yeah. CIA. Yeah. Uh, no, but that's what's so hilarious. In an in, in like a the end of the mountain of madness in the mouth of madness way about watching Giuliani the other night just go on Hannity and clearly in late stage dementia admit that everything that the president had said about paying off a porn star to t- talk about a sexual liaison that he had had was a lie like not not a goof not like you know we hadn't told you this until now a direct lie is that it won't matter. They had, none of this has any ability to affect anything. And that's what's so breathtaking about it is that you don't even have to be good to rook your way into power and wealth. You know, like, because it's all resentment. These people don't like Trump because of how good he is at arguing or whatever. It's pure resentment. So it doesn't matter what he's done. Yeah. You can always line it up with something. I mean, you saw it this week. Have you been following the Tom Brokaw? sexual harassment oh god yeah yeah so like right-wing media has been on it and they're like they're like we have several claims and nbc has been honest really hard and like knowing what we know about other things like this they're probably right you know like matt lawler had a rape rape door in his office at the today show but then you know the libs could turn around and see be like oh yeah well you have bill o'reilly too and they're also right yeah. So this is our future, just weaponizing different shitty things about each side. It's just for, the reservoir for, dog. It's the reservoir dog's yeah. Mexican standoff while the entire room fills with seawater. Yeah. Uh, no, but the thing is, is that, uh, is that, yes, America loves a con man. Since Barnum, that's been the one truth of America is that Americans love to get conned. But my God, I always kind of assumed, I guess this was naive, that part of that is that you appreciated the craft of it, you know, like in the Mammoth movies. Like, damn it, you got me, but it was, ooh, you're so good. Like, these guys aren't even good at it. Oh, they no. have no ability, no craft, no wit. None of, this isn't the sting, you know? These guys don't have any kind of, they don't have, a, like, a cool bunch of tricks and moves. They can't do fucking card, card tricks or steal your wallet, or, or they don't have a bunch of neat patter and vocabulary. They're just a bunch of senile racist dipshits. And, and, and they just go, yeah, give me, give me your money. Uh, and they say, well, why? And it's like, well, then he won't have it. And they're like, okay. And that's enough. <laughs> well, and I just, it's just, I, I thought, I guess this is like the last ember of any kind of respect I might have had for the, even the most cynical version of America as, you know, as a culture is that we don't even care if our fucking grifters and con artists are even good at their fucking jobs. Have you ever, you've ever heard the phrase, if you owe somebody a thousand dollars, you have a problem. You owe somebody a billion dollars. That's their they problem. Pro- yes. yes. That's these guys. Yeah. I mean, it's true of Trump's business career. Trump didn't like make all that money despite going in debt. He made it because of it. Yes. You are tied to the simpleton's mittens at the end of his sleeves <laughs> if he's borrowed X billions of dollars from you to make these hideous buildings. Yep. And now it's true for the rest. It's true for the Republican Party. It's, it's true. The, every problem they have is more their problem than his. Yeah. And, and yeah, no, the. The same idiocy of the highly financialized economy is now true for our culture that we're all just tied to each other forever. I was, was, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you ever see like this, this, uh, it's a recurring joke, kind of a fucked up joke, also kind of funny, where like a woman will post like really hot picture on the timeline and be like, what would you say if you had one shot with me? And someone says, go out with me or I'll kill myself. (laughs) And that's kind of Trump's business strategy and it worked. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, if you want to extend it even further, that's sort of the, the, 
the global situation with the United States. Mm-hmm. Like we've been extended credit to become just the unceasing maw of world consumption. Like all surplus production could be dumped down <laughs> the idiot open grinding mouth of America that will consume everything. And the, now we're, we're, oh, we're stuck in a situation where resources are actually being depleted now, but the, the economy of the world literally doesn't function if America doesn't hyper-consume. And no one has any backup plan on how to deal with a country where we are not just cartoonishly just ravenous consumers. Oh, my God. It's the Matrix. We're the pods from the Matrix. God damn. That's what we're going to be. No, the pods generated energy. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Well, energy in our world is just, you know, financialized. It's, it's, consumer. it's demand. Yeah. yeah. Financialized. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, Matt, it's, it's, yeah. Your whole thing, your whole con thing gave me a great idea. Okay. And, you know, the, the, the Democrats, I don't, to my knowledge, have never really tried this. What if we ran magicians? Good ones, good ones who can do all kinds of tricks like they can like not even I'm not even just talking about the huge like Vegas or Chris Angel type tricks. I mean, like just when they're talking to you one on one, they might pull out some cards or do some weird stuff, you know, too bad. Harry Anderson died. You would have been good. Uh, Well, actually, this that does kind of connect to both that and what Michael the Michael Cohen thing earlier is. I remember when uh, just trying idly thinking about, okay, how do you recruit opponents to republicans in 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 elections and how the republic like the democratic model has always been prosecutors cops military whatever members of the establishment consultants yeah. business owners and, and but people who are essentially wired into an establishment that yeah. as as someone to the left of that you would ideally want to overturn and not reinforce yeah and so i was just thinking well what is the model in in especially in rural and 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 uh and suburban districts where there really is no left in any kind of meaningful sense, or even left voters as mm. like a self-conscious block, how would their popular, how would they be able to recognize populist sentiment? Like what would it be in a culturally recognizable form? And the answer is personal injury attorneys. Yeah. Cause the only guy on their TV that they see every day who says, I will fight for you against greedy insurance companies and, and people trying to rip you off is a guy who wants to involve you in a vaginal mesh lawsuit. Yeah. Those are the guys. And those guys, they have a lot of panache, some of them. They have some amazing commercials. A lot, they, they don't know have, how to talk to juries. They're relatively they're famous in the sense that people have seen them on TV. And they have uh, some sort of like uh, kind of greasy charisma. They can and, raise money. And no shame. And the problem is, is that that model, if you take it too far, gets you John Edwards. Yes. And that's no good. You don't want that. Yeah, but not. I I think it's just a thought exercise to sort of think. Well, how would people even be able to identify populist, anti-establishment populism that would not? How to keep it from getting funneled into the the models that end up redounding to the benefit? I did say fucking redounding again, and if it benefiting tr- guys like Trump instead of genuine anti-establishment, anti-capitalist sentiment and. Like that's literally all people have, you know, in their day to day life is is the is the is the overly tan dude, uh, stiltily telling them that I will fight for you, and I I don't know if that's something to start with or the fa- or just a, a note of doom that there's no alternative to that. I think we should explore the magician idea personally because I think it would work really well. They're charismatic. They know how to read a room. They have uh, a lot of manual dexterity. And could you imagine the stump speeches? There would be props. You take out like you do the woman in a box trick and say, "I will cut the deficit in half." Well, I don't also, want, also, I don't want anyone just to cut the deficit in half. I will though. make unemployment and Swish's cape disappear. I mean, and also, uh, <laughs> magicians seem to be sex freaks at a similar rate to uh, politicians. It's That's perfect. true. They uh, are really horny. There is a meta game to every era of politics, right? After in the late 90s to right pre 9-11, it was the end of history guy. It was sort of the pre-TED Talk, TED Talk of that guy. Yes. The guy who's like, what if poverty didn't exist and has some harebrained scheme that doesn't actually take on any way that you actually get rid of it? Micro, from, microloan Microloans or whatever. That motherfucker and then, and then, won and then, a Nobel Peace Prize or, for that shit. And then 9-11 happens. And the metagame is strength and dignity and honor. And it's pretending you live in the Roman Empire. And it's pretending that every day you live... 5,000 miles away from Al-Qaeda or any serious threat makes you a warrior too. <laughs> and it's George Bush. And it's strong, 
NATSEC Republicans and some strong NATSEC practical Democrats. And then everything collapses. The metagame is honor and dignity, but also a little bit of coolness because we didn't have that before. What is the metagame culturally now? It's loneliness. What are the most popular things now? The most popular things are things that trade off of that loneliness. The biggest thing, the big reality TV has always been big, but it's especially big now. It's especially culturally penetrating now. Why is it so big now? Because they are little hierarchies we can experience that we're not a part of that give us a, li a liminal thrill that uh, we also feel like we're in this friend group without any, any danger to us, any social ostracization from those people. What is, the, what is becoming the biggest form of entertainment to the point where they, the biggest guys have more active viewers than any cable news host? It's Twitch. Yep. It's the guy that you literally, you give him $5 and he reads your name out and says, hey, thanks, man, keep on rocking. Yeah. What, is, what, what, is what do kids watch instead of TV now? What has 30 million views a video? It's YouTubers who do the same fucking thing. Yep. The metagame will not, will not be spectacle after this. The spectacle is for boomers and Gen Xers and their self-loathing narcissism that still want the same spectacle that boomers want, but don't have the unabashed self-love and circus viewer uh, shamelessness. moron shamelessness. The youngest generation will want a politician that has this meta, the meta that makes them feel like they, they're, they're a friend that they never got to have. And yeah. God fucking help you when we see what gets to that. Oh, we God. saw Patrick Kennedy try it when he said to a group of people who spoke English their entire lives, uh, Somos nosotros biblioteca. <laughs> and he fucked it up. But someone's going to come down the line. Yeah. People are going to come down the line that understand that metagame. <sighs> and, ooh, boy, you think things are bad now? Yeah. You think things are bad now? Wait till people are imitating Jake Paul. Wait till people are imitating Dr. Disrespect. Wait till <laughs> people are imitating the cast of Vanderpump Rules. Oh, Jesus. You think you've seen cultural degeneration? Yeah. Oh, you, you've not even seen the fucking start of it. That's all true. God damn. Oh, boy. I have seen the future, and it is hashtags. Oh, man. Keep those hearts going. Just replace elections with just a collection of how many gets the most hearts. But there's still an asinine electoral college vote system for yeah. part, like if verified periscopes give we'll you still, hearts. Yeah, there will still be an electoral college, yeah, yeah. even when people are voting on their trip streams and periscopes. When, there will still be a fucking electoral when Trump college. Trump is the emperor from Warhammer infused with a chair, <laughs> and he win, wins his twentieth term. He's like, look, you know, the, the founding fathers invented the periscope electoral college system for this reason. Okay, more verified accounts wanted me. Okay. <laughs> What does that tell you? I'm just still doing a great job. We are, look, the Imperium, we are going to be making deals with uh, the alien race. I don't know if they're a type of Korean or not. Folks, it's going to be amazing. We're going to get all the technology, and they get all of your blood. You are using it anyway. When have you moved? You haven't moved in four weeks. You don't need the blood. Yeah, it's a good future. I mean, look, when, does, when do the events of Halo take place? I don't Hundreds know. of years in the future. So we have to get through a little bit of a rough patch before we're there. And this is the rough patch. We're getting through it. We're going to do it. We're going to win. The events of Halo were the rough patch. Are you kidding me? Do you see how fucking cool they look? Yeah, a lot of people died, but they had colonized <laughs> space. The fucking Spartan armor, fucking awesome. <laughs> Master Chief had a hologram that maybe he'll fuck in the next game. We have holograms now. Yeah, you can't fuck them. You're not friends with them. Yeah, you can't fuck a hologram, man. Not yet. Yeah, this guy, this, guy, this guy thinks the holograms like him. What, you think that cashier likes you because you told me you have a nice day? <laughs> you got to get the hard light holograms, right? Yeah. From, from Star Trek. Is that a thing? Because like in the Star Trek, you could fuck the holograms, right? Yeah. Me and Chris have never seen Star Trek. I thought Chris I for sure watched watch Star Trek. I thought for sure you watched Star Trek. I don't Virgil. really, but I know what you're talking about. I thought you could fuck the holograms in Star Trek. They oh, is like that what Han Solo was? No. That's like this room with like a huge simulation. Lay troll face. <laughs> Lay troll face. Like a sir. <laughs> oh, Matt, if God. you just get VR equipment, you can do that now. Y you know, you can't. You just look at the hologram. You'd have to still crank your own meat. As I, long as you're masturbating. I'm sure there's a way you can sort of homebrew a system where as you're long, in a flashlight well, and it's mechanical. There are, yeah, there's, I, I, I think that technology exists. As long as you're masturbating, it's not, you're, not in, inter, you're not interacting with the technology, in my opinion. You have, it has to be doing it for you, for you to actually having, be having sex. Call me a Luddite or whatever, but if you're not actually, if your hands are involved, 
You're not having well, no. Your sex hands with wouldn't be involved. It's just this isn't something like Sony would sell. You'd have to, you know, buy it. So you're saying that right now in the year 2018, you could jerry rig a system where you could have sex virtually without any kind of you touching yourself. I don't think you'd have to jerry rig it. I I I I think there are distributors of this kind of thing. Okay, but are you talking about? Well, how do you engage the genitals? It's, you know, it's just it's a mechanical device. Okay, we have to stop talking about this. Yeah, why do you want to know so much about yeah, this? Yeah, wow, this stop being a bit. It's just you wanting to perfect the technology. Go on Kickstarter. That's like every Kickstarter now. Yeah. Well, I'm trying I, to make the no, perfect artificial clip. No, you know why I'm asking? Not for myself. I would never be interested in this, but this is a good transition because I'm worried about people who now, apparently, according to the elite media, I'm supposed to be worried about and be very uh, sympathetic towards and want to find a solution for, and that are incels. Man, can we talk about how funny this incel shit is? It's I the mean, funniest it, thing on earth. You know the part I love about it the most? All the New York media people who have almost exclusively written think pieces about how all, every time they have sex, it's just horrible and unsatisfying and gives them severe depression and get drunk seven nights a week are like, what's the big deal? Just have, be nice to someone and have sex. <laughs> yeah. As though, yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys have figured it out. Yeah, yeah, you're a little bit better than them, but yeah. not by much. It's a media ecology that's that's yeah. that's powered by sexual neuroses, and then someone has is slightly less good at it, and you can just totally. Uh, but the thing is, people like any hierarchy, right? They're well, a little bit above the incels, yeah. and they're like, "Look, I have sex. It's great." But the thing is, is that that's what that's the real issue, though, is that incel is a specific thing. It's not just somebody who can't have sex. It's somebody who who has turned that into a justification for their hardened misogynistic worldview that they ha are reinforced by through online they're people who whose disaffection and and you can argue about whether it's a frustration with the fact that they aren't able to dominate women the way that they could have in previous generations uh or that they're just lonelier the way everyone is in the 21st century uh either way it starts with a sense of of being unable to engage in traditional romantic relationships and then the thing that makes them different than just a, a general term of someone who is romantically unfortunate or a virgin or something is somebody who then takes that frustration and then plows it into the internet and then gets into a community of of similarly afflicted men who the, reinforce each other's worst pathologies and instincts and then turn that into basically a, a worldview that 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 is essentially nihilistic, but powered by at the at the heart by by a misogynistic rage. Right. It's the same thing that seems to happen in a lot of uh, communities that are built solely on commiserating and uh, only the commiserating is that it eventually just turns into no one helps each other or gets better. They just sort of egg each other on to get angrier and angrier. Yeah, yeah, or no, more and yeah. more miserable, or whatever it is, yes. whatever you know. Obviously, for men who are socially dislocated, the trend will go towards making each other angrier and you know possibly more violent. And then for other people, it might just be to make each other sadder and go deeper into themselves. But yeah, yeah you know, it, it's a very there have always been guys who just couldn't fuck. <laughs> I mean, there have there have yeah, no, but this but, is a particularly modern affliction right. because they seem they are both lonelier. And less lonely than their than their uh, yeah, ancestors because their ancestors can... did not have communities that they could build on this where they could access everyone else in the world who felt this way. Yeah, which turns out may have been a good thing. Uh, well, what's such a trip though is that the reason people are talking about incels now is that one of them plowed into a bunch of people in Toronto and killed them. Right in a, a literal ISIS style attack, and within a week, you have people in the pages of the New York Times going, "Well, let us hear them out." <laughs> which i don't remember happening after the nice attack i don't remember any articles like isis do they have a point should the should the great satan of the west be destroyed should the caliphate be extended across the globe nobody had that nobody wanted to bat that around but because these guys are relatable to a certain type of i don't know dalthatian uh, sexual freak uh all of a sudden their violent outbursts uh, our calls for help instead of cries to be wiped off the face of the earth. But uh, I promised that I wasn't going to read the Douthat article. 
I said that on Twitter, and I haven't. Uh, Virgil, you looked at it. Is there anything worth responding to in it? I'm taking your word for it because I'm not reading it. Mm, You want to give it a shot? Yeah, go for it. All right. This one's titled The Redistribution of Sex by Ross Duthat. One lesson to be drawn from recent Western history might be this. Sometimes the extremists and radicals and weirdos see the world more clearly than the respectable and moderate and sane. <laughs> you laugh at me because I'm different. I laugh at you because you're all the same. All Ross kinds of phenomena, starting as far back as the Iraq War and the crisis of the euro, but accelerating in the age of populism, have made more sense in the light of analysis by reactionaries and radicals than is portrayed in the organs of establishment opinion. Uh, therefore, I will be resigning because yeah. this is all a farce. <laughs> you just basically, uh, yeah, you wrote yourself out of a gig. This is part of why there's been so much recent agitation over universities and op-ed pages and other forums for debate. There's general understanding that the ideological mainstream is inadequate to the moment, but nobody can decide whether that means we need purges or pluralism, a spirit of curiosity and conversation, or a furious war against whichever side you think is evil. I can decide. Don't fucking put words in my mouth, Ross (laughs) Douthat. I can decide. I know. The time for jibber-jabber is over. For those more curious than Marshall, one useful path through this thicket is to look at areas where extremists and eccentrics from very different worlds are talking about the same subject. So ISIS killers and incels, basically, he means. Such overlap is no guarantee of wisdom, but it's often a sign that there's something interesting going on. (laughs) Op-ed pages are a land of many contrasts. Which brings me to the sex robots. (laughs) Well, actually, it brings me to the case of Robin Hansen, a George Mason economist, libertarian, and noted brilliant weirdo. Commenting on the recent terrorist violence in Toronto, Hansen offered this provocation. If we are concerned about the just distribution of property and money, why do we assume that the desire for some sort of sexual redistribution is inherently ridiculous? Wait a minute. You're a libertarian. You, are, you don't credit the redistribution of wealth. So f- what the fuck are you even talking about? You, 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 uh, you prima facie re- refuse to redistribute wealth, but you're going to want to talk about redistributing fucking sex like it's a goddamn commodity, but you won't redistribute any actual commodities? Well, that's, that's really the essence of liberty. So it's over then. Shut up. He's finished. After all, he wrote, one might plausibly argue that those with much less access to sex suffer to a similar degree as those with low income and might similarly hope to gain from organizing around this identity (laughs) to lobby for redistribution along this axis and to at least implicitly threaten violence. Okay, demands are not met. uh, Hold on a minute. I I don't know that you could plausibly argue that, but you could definitely argue it. Professor walking stick. Okay, no, hold on a minute, though. He might be doing something else. He might be trying to uh, undermine the case for wealth redistribution by saying, well, if by your logicking it and saying, if you want to redistribute wealth, doesn't that mean you should also want to force women to have sex with these weirdos? That's what. And if you don't want to force them to have sex with these weirdos, then you shouldn't redistribute wealth. That is the only way that that argument is even that's probably surface plausible. That's also incredibly stupid, but it's the only way that's even surface plausible. Wealth is a lot like uh, sex. You know, if you don't have any experience with it, you come into it, you either blow through it in 30 seconds or you never have any fun with it. <laughs> well, the, 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 the tell is him saying, or at least implicitly threaten violence if their demands are not met. Uh, no, that, that's probably the case, but I guess Ross did not realize that. He just, just took whiffed, it at face value. whiffed on it that hard. That's amazing, Ross. God, you dummy. Okay. You little bearded dipshit. Uh, skipping ahead. A number of the critics I saw engaging with the essay tended to respond the way a normal center-left writer like Weissman engaged with Hansen's thought experiment by commenting on its weirdness or ideological extremity rather than engaging fully with its substance. But to me, reading them together offers a good case study in how intellectual eccentrics like socialists and populists in politics can surface issues and problems that lurk beneath the surface of more mainstream debates. By this, I mean that as offensive or utopian the redistribution of sex might sound, the idea is entirely responsive to the logic of late modern sexual life, and its pursuit would be entirely characteristic of a recurring pattern in liberal societies. This is Ross going back to form here. First, because like other forms of neoliberal deregulation, the sexual revolution created new winners and losers, new hierarchies to replace the old ones, privileging the beautiful and rich and socially adept in new ways and relegating others to new yeah, forms because of rich, rich, frustration. Rich and attractive like, people could never get laid before the sexual revolution. Yeah, it, w- it wasn't at all like until about 1963, if you owned two hats, you could fuck anyone. Yeah. They had to fuck you. <laughs> Fucking I mean, poor, Louis Fourteenth was just sadly jerking off into his chamber pot. He could never get laid. Well, this is... The- classic ross right because it's like if you look at 
sort of a lot of people's sexual relationships now, you can go, yeah, a lot of these are wrong and we've commodified so much human interaction that these are awful and unfulfilling for people like all of modern life is. But his solution is to hearken back to a past that never existed. Yes. And he goes in the complete wrong direction. Instead of going, maybe we shouldn't commoditize so much of our interaction. Uh, maybe we live in an outstandingly lonely time. Maybe the problem isn't so much promiscuous sex as it is everything is transactional. It's uh, let's make it so that you have to give someone four donkeys to get a hand job. <laughs> let's bring back mandatory tithing to the yeah. one true church. Second, because in this new landscape and amid other economic and technological transformations, the sexes seem to be struggling generally to relate to one another with social and political chasms opening between them and not only marriage and family, but also sexual, sexual activity itself in recent decline. Third, because the cultural's dominant message about sex is still essentially Hefnerian, <laughs> despite certain revisions attempted by feminists since the heyday. That, of that, that, that was the Armenian guy who invented sexual harassment. <laughs> A message that uh, frequency and variety in sexual experience is as close to a summum bonum as the human condition has to offer, that the greatest possible diversity in sexual desires and tastes and identity should not only be accepted, but cultivated, and that virginity and celibacy are at best strange and at worst pitiable states. I want to. I want to. I got to paraphrase a friend of the show and frequent guest, Jacob Bacharot, who on Twitter pointed out one of the central fallacies of Ross's point there when he says that one of the things about Hefnerian sexual idea ideology is that it prizes variety. Uh, but the thing about Hefner was that his sexual uh, aesthetic and, and concept was incredibly monotonous. It was one, it was basically a, a, a million copies of the same person. And, 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 and Duthat has the, cause he has a literal minded dullard. He thinks, well, a lot of different women, but all women who essentially look the same <laughs> because Hefner was a reactionary figure. He was, he was trying to bring back sort of the, the pre World War II gender dynamics that had been disrupted by women entering the workforce. And that, and that Hefnerian sexuality is, is conservative. And that's part of the, Part of his inability to reckon with the past the way it actually was as opposed to the way that he thinks of it in his head. Well, Hefner for these guys is kind of what like Jay-Z is to more boomer teacock conservatives. Yes, which that's is good. Say, which is to say, yeah, Jay-Z for the past 10 years has been like, yeah, I set up the investment trust. No taxes. Hit bust. <laughs> <laughs> Went to the fashion show. Oh, no. What's that on the floor? And it just did nothing but, yeah, starting restaurant groups, uh, the best type of furniture you can buy when you have a young child. And But if you talk to a conservative about it, because he, like, met Obama or whatever, they're like, this man, he's talking about his bitches and his hoes and selling crack, which he hasn't done in years. But with Hefner, Hefner just, for seemingly 150 years, uh, had a magazine where it was like, what if a woman wore a boat captain hat, but you could see her nipples? Just very boring, like the type of thing you jack off to when you're 12 and you're afraid of seeing a vagina or whatever. But they're like, this is the most freaky shit I've ever seen. This bitch is smoking a cigar and she's half naked. What the fuck? Put it away. Oh, my God. And it's right next to the this 10 is... best hi-fis of 1965. <laughs> this, oh, this is too much. Well, this master narrative inevitably makes both the new inequalities and the decline of actual relationships that much more difficult to bear, which in turn encourages people, as ever under modernity, to place their hope for escape from the cost of one revolution in a further one yet to come, be it political, social, or technological, which will supply, if not the promised utopia, at least some form of redress for the many people that progress has obviously left behind. There is an alternative conservative response, of course, namely that our widespread isolation and unhappiness and sterility might be dealt with by reviving or adapting older ideas about the virtues of monogamy and chastity and permanence and the special respect owed to the celibate. Okay, yeah, do you remember when your wife was like a slave that you had kids with? And also, how are you doing that without dismantling capitalism, the force behind every single fucking thing that he's talking about? You're going to allow this rampaging fucking... Uh, de-atomizing machinery, this alienated uh, 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 economic system that, that turns people towards its purpose and away from any kind of idea of the self? No, 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 no. Ross needs to go on PUA hate 
and <laughs> explain to them the virtues of monogamy and chastity. It's well, literally, that's, that's what the alt right is. The alt right are guys who went from that uh, PUA to this shit doesn't work pipeline, and then we're like, you know, it does work if we completely return society to how I imagine the fifties were. But in such an insanely small bar way. At the beginning of this article, he sort of suggests that his entire existence and the existence of an org- a thing like the New York Times op-ed page has essentially been superseded by reality and is pointless. But then he confirms that by, after this whole article, pointing out the real chasm and a real crisis of identity in, and, and in relationships in humans in late capital existence. And his response is tax credits for abstinence only education that's true it's like how do you look into the abyss and come out with that as your fucking response that's true he was all over rubio adding the fucking child the little measly child tax yeah. credit to the trump tax bill and he's like we did it yeah we did it everybody yeah, this is gonna turn it all around <laughs> folks this is gonna this is gonna uh this is gonna make whole what has been uh, broken apart this is gonna make uh make straight what has been rendered crooked it's gonna be fucking uh taxpayer assisted uh inducements to have a kid in wedlock Yo, insane gibberish Shout out to everyone who doubted me, but we got $200 for new parents. <laughs> Woo! Family's coming back, baby. <laughs> oh, if, congratulations. Oh, congratulations. Uh, you just had a kid. Here's your $200 uh, check for having a kid. Here's your $10,000 bill for having a child your Rubio, in this hospital. Your Rubio box balance is negative $125. <laughs> but I expect the logic of commerce and technology will be consciously harnessed as already in pornography to address the unhappiness of incels, be they angry and dangerous or simply depressed and despairing. The left's increasing zeal to transform prostitution into a legalized and regulated, in scare quotes here, sex work, will have this end implicitly in mind. The libertarian and general male fascination, that's redundant, with virtual reality <laughs> porn and sex robots will increase as those technologies improve. And at a certain point, without this is just one long run on sentence, and at a certain point, without anyone formally debating the idea of a right to sex, right-thinking people will simply come to agree that some such right exists, and that it makes sense to look to some combination of changed laws, new technologies, and evolved mores to fulfill it. Whether sex workers and sex robots can actually deliver real fulfillment is another matter, but that they will eventually be asked to do it in service of a redistributive goal that for now seems creepy or misogynist or radical feels pretty much inevitable. So he's saying that the dumb, like, Ben Shapiro take on universal health care, which is that you force doctors to work at gunpoint for free, will happen if we legalize prostitution? Yeah, but essentially. He, because he wants to... Blame, really went for it this week, Ross. He really want, he wants to blame, the field. He wants to blame this hyper-accelerating capitalist sort of endpoint where 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 people have essentially been stretched into their individual fucking molecules like somebody being pulled into a black hole. He wants to turn that into the fault of the 60s cultural shift. He wants to he wants to blame that on on birth control pills. My yeah. culture my, my my western patriarchal culture is so strong. It's the strongest ever. We never should have left it. By the way, it was destroyed by guys with bowl cuts smoking dirt weed and going, "Hey, can you give me a groovy hand job? It's just, it's Matt. He, he, yeah, he's just, he's just a, a sad wizard who, 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 who lives in a D and D realm where a bunch of dirty hippies cast sexual promiscuity and then did like a dex roll. Is that a thing? I don't know. Is that? Yeah, I don't think you would use a dex roll. I don't know. Okay. They ca- what if you're finger blasting? They cast oh, a well, spell for sexual promiscuity and then they probably be an aura. Okay, an aura of sexual promiscuity, and then they roll the sun. What do they roll? I mean, it depends, but oh. generally, I mean, I think if the aura would last a certain period of time, you'd have to renew it or perhaps to use magic spell points in order to sustain it. Okay, not, well, not me, dude. They, they've been saying my aura lasts forever. The short answer is it depends what class you are. Uh, all right, well, all right. okay. I'm a, I'm a fucker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so in the game... I got clones, and they've never had sex. But they're clones of me, so they're pretty good at sex. <laughs> okay, so that. He thinks that happened. Yeah. As opposed to capital acceleration be capitally accelerating. That's oh. why, as I said before, I will always respect the Nick Land psychopaths yeah. who, I, who identify w- the actual vector 
and just say that's good and we should all cease we should want to cease to be we should want singularity and we should we should want to, to basically get rid of humanity what i don't understand instead of trying to split the difference and just basically want to for the point of feeling right like at the end of the day guys like Douthat, they don't actually care if anything changes they just want to be on record as of being as of being the the soft quiet correct voice of 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 decency who is who is not listened to in the howling uh, profane public sphere that's been cheapening by the day they just want to be that they don't actually care if anything changes well what i don't understand is uh, how are men worse off now post-sexual revolution or how are the how are the incel men worse off other than that they're more envious i guess yeah the old path for incel men was that you worked in a little brick shed on a rich guy's property and they're like oh yeah that guy wipes my donkey's asses and he's a simpleton it was that you were a torgo yeah. yeah, and you were you were alone in your torgoness. Now all the torgos get to go online and yeah. assure each other that it's not your torgoness that's the problem; it's the women. They all got together and decided that they're only going to distribute their sexual goodies to the chads and going to prevent you from having it, even though you are imposing upon them the exact same lookist standards that you're blaming them for having on you. Yeah. Uh, that's we- the thing I never got about those motherfuckers. They are mad at hot women for only wanting to be with hot men, but would never consider being with an un- someone who they would consider less attractive. So, so, the, so the general objection is that women now have higher standards and uh, more reproductive freedom uh, and not, you know, they're uh, being in the workforce. They don't you know, have to rely yeah. on marrying an incel man. Also, like, that first part isn't even true. You don't spend enough time around women if you really think that. You follow any woman and look at her timeline. Uh, Alan Dershowitz could get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The Noid could crush my Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but which way, Western man? Which way? Commiserating about Becky's and Stacy's in a discord that will later be seized by the FBI because <laughs> one of you used a Zamboni to kill somebody or... Or you and another bunch of guys with dusty floppy hats sharing a can of baked beans on a rich guy's estate and wondering what it's like to hold somebody's hand and going, oh, I think I'll see, see some rain clouds. <laughs> Which way, Western man? Both are great. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, incels, they used to just all join the Navy. Like, the British Army, the British Navy was just incels. Yeah. They were on the sea for 12 years. Yeah. They never saw women. Those are your incels. And they, they would had, fuck each other and then lime barrels. Yeah, they would fuck each other. And then every time they saw, they saw like, oh, my God, this is a beautiful bird I've never seen before. Let's kill this piece of shit. <laughs> Just punching rare <laughs> birds to death. Uh, <laughs> there's that story. The Dalit did a story about this the Dodo, in the 19th yeah. century. No, this is a different one. Oh. In the 19th century, a British uh, a merchant ship or something found this island off the coast of australia way off the coast of australia and it had like a million penguins on it it was just the entire ground was basically nothing but penguins and they just immediately started murdering them all (laughs) like the thing is is that they couldn't eat them they're not really good food they just started murdering them and only after they just started murdering them they figured out oh we can put them into a giant press and turn them into grease that we can use to light candles. Oh my and it's God. not as good as whale whale oil or anything. It's basically it's like ditch, it's the ditch weed of 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 flammable, you know, look material, but we get to kill all these birds. These birds who play little jokes on each other and have a little society we get to flatten them <laughs> holy shit we get to just run around because they're not scared of humans they've never seen them before you can just walk up to them and club them all to death and they oh, did that that had to be the best day of their lives oh my god can you imagine it's like a real life grand theft auto oh where god. the cops never show up so you're you're just these sweet little birds oh my god <laughs> so your suggestion oh. is put them all on a boat yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We could call, yeah. It, we could call it the tragic Christian. I mean, we oh, very good. Maybe, maybe very good. the thing we shouldn't use robot technology to make sex bots. We should use it to make fake penguins, so they're not really <laughs> killing penguins. Or since there's no like water to, there's no frontier, quote unquote, to send anybody to water wise. Everything you know, everything leads to somewhere where people are. You just send them into space. 
Oh, wait, wait. Steal all that Bezos technology. Say, sorry, buddy, you're not escaping to Mars to watch us drown to death, bitch. You're here with us. No, all the incels can go to space. No, Felix had the answer right there. It's not that they deserve sex robots. They deserve uh, sex pedestrians to kill. <laughs> like robot pedestrians. Yeah. Oh, my God. Give them some simulated outlet for their invented rage against Stacy's or whatever. Have you ever yeah. seen that Demodius X video where he's playing the game Postal 2? And he's he's just of course murdering women. No, he's I like can't believe it. And he like throws a Molotov cocktail at one, and he goes, "Oh, a toasted bitch who has some marshmallows." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like horrifying. But it's like, you know, if you just made like a West World for these guys, where it was just like robots without souls that they could kill, like yeah, but then not know. let them out. But then the they thing. would get really good at actual guns. That's why you can't God. leave them There's out. You can't you let can them do. out of yeah. it. Well, you, you make can't it like, you have to lock like, them up. You allow make- people to go to therapy for free or have parents like that something I don't or know. yeah not have every moment of everyone's day devoted to not fucking drowning uh so that they could you know talk to one another oh, you could god. do that oh god that you know which one are we are going to do that yeah it's going to be the west world for yes. ourselves to do active yes. shooters yes there'll be an That's active shooter disney world well you make the uh, guns different from real world guns you know you fuck with the yeah physics. you can't license them yeah yeah, we built this $3 trillion simulation, but we didn't want to license the guns. <laughs> uh, well, guys, I think we had a good time. Nothing was learned. Nope. Uh, you you nothing, actually got dumber. You got dumber for episode, having listened yeah. to this, so congratulations. You are now less capable of dealing with the world around you than you were an hour ago. So congratulations. You, you paid for the privilege since it's a Patreon episode. <laughs> so uh, congratulations to that, too. And guess what? Weekend, Will also is in here, so more people are going to become dumber. Yeah. Well, yes, Will will listen to this, and he will be stupider, too, by the time we meet yeah, him again. He, he's going to come back. We'll be like, Will, you're fucking stupid now. And he'll be yep. like, that's what they've been saying, though. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, folks. See you in hell. Peace. Bye. Bye.